This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. given love to small town strip club in a while that is the band you hear right now donated that riff to us you can find them on wherever you stream your music nice picture of the band here on their spotify small town strip club give them a listen just put it on repeat get them a a couple pennies in their coffers and an abrupt end. No fade out. She go. Hi, I'm Dan O'Toole. This is Boomsies. If you've never heard one before, it don't matter. If you don't know who I am, it don't matter. My past life, whenever we'd come up in conversation, someone would say like, "Uh, Dan, who are you? And if Jay was there, my good friend Jay Onright, he'd say, Dan doesn't even know who he is. And I'd always say, correct. Now I, now I know who I am. I'm done. (laughs) It's a good feeling. This is episode 66. We, we kind of know what one this is. Mario Lemieux. It's a me, Mario. I wish he said that after every goal he scored. That'd be pretty cool. Let's run through this resume in case you don't know. I actually put Mario Lemieux into the Google search engine. And then it comes up with the top questions. And the first one is, was Mario Lemieux better than Wayne Gretzky? He doesn't say yes. Doesn't say no. What Google gives you is Mario Lemieux has the record for highest points per game average and highest goals per game average in NHL history. So they're like, you do your own math. Never played a full season in the NHL. Yet won two Stanley Cups, three Hart trophies, six scoring titles, two Conn Smythes, a Calder, a gold medal, I was remembering Salt Lake. 
let that pass go between his legs. I thought that was the greatest play I've ever seen in my life. And that set off what at that time was the biggest party I have ever seen in Canada. I was living in Vancouver at the time, watching the game at my brother's. They have the lead. It's the third period we lived. He lived just outside of downtown Vancouver. So he says, why don't we go? Why don't we go see what's going on downtown? So we go to a bar in Kitsilano. If you know Vancouver, it's on the other side of downtown, on the other side of the water. Very hip, trendy place. We we get to the bar with a couple minutes left. It is wall-to-wall people. And when the final buzzer sounds and Canada wins gold in Salt Lake City, it was pandemonium for probably seven hours. The bar ran out of booze. They only had Guinness. A lot of people are chugging Guinness. People just, some guy we were talking to, he's like, I, I, I got to go. I'll be right back. 20 minutes later, we see him with a, can, a Canadian flag running around an intersection with a bullhorn. We're like, where the hell did he get the bullhorn? It was a great time to be alive. And then to win gold on Canadian soil in that same city and to be in the city when that happened as well. That then set off the largest party in Canadian history. Watch that game at a bar. Hey, but that watch that game at a bar with my brother as well. Jumped up and down when uh, when the overtime goal was scored. My phone falls out of my pocket, cracks. I've got to get to work to do the show because we were working the Olympics, so I wasn't drinking during the game. Leave that bar to a sea of people, all drinking in the street. I'd never seen people openly drinking alcohol in the street in Canada and hugging police officers and police officers hugging them back. I'm like, I will never see this again in my life. So pretty cool to be in Vancouver for both of those, uh, those gold medals. And now, if the Toronto Maple Leafs, because I live in Ontario now, do what they've been doing, we will see a very Ontario-centric, a la the Raptors party, if things proceed the way they are. Because the Leafs, four games in, are currently doing things that make no sense. These are the Leafs Doing non-leaf things, tying games late, and then winning them, trailing 4-1 in the third period, tying it, then winning that game, it defies logic and it is breaking Leafs fans' brains because being a Leaf fan, from what I can see from the outside, is you're waiting for doom at all times. Producer Tim is a massive Leafs fan, works on this show. We thought he'd be overjoyed. His team's up 3-1, coming back home. Yet he said, I don't feel good about this at all. What has your team done to you, Leafs fans? You are so broken that you are afraid to feel joy. (laughs) Leafs win the series, 4-1. Ah, Now we got this next series. So I keep going back to 
the very hardcore Leafs fans I know said from the beginning, if we win a first-round series, that's our Stanley Cup. Hopefully they raise the bar if they do get by the Bolts. And also, if they win a first-round series, that gives Kyle Dubas a lifeline. Because uh, they're gone in the first round. He gone as well. First round of the cup playoffs. First round of the cup playoffs. There's too much going on at at the same time. And I love it. And plus, you got the Blue Jays happening. It's a great time to be a sports fan. Getting texts from my mom. What a game. And those Leafs and those Jays. She's like, I'm sure the neighbors heard me yelling last night. Never heard a peep in that uh, that residential complex she lives in. So if anyone heard a noise, a noise period there, yes, they would hear you. And then I am almost of the mindset of a Leafs fan. After that game, I had to look at the Bet Rivers app to confirm that they were up three games to one. Because I'm like, are we now fully immersed in living in a simulation and now the simulation's gone out of whack? Anyway, Leafs fans, enjoy it. Enjoy the small moments. Enjoy the victories. Because you (laughs) you don't know what's around the next corner with that team. On the weekend, uh, I have to tell you something that went on here in the backyard of the O'Toole homestead. So I told you last summer, went to good friend Brian Bickles for Canada Day weekend. He's got a nice setup. There's like, you guys can have any bed you want. I'm like, no, we're camping. We're ca-. like the only way I will camp, which is close to a residence where there's electricity, fridges, restrooms. So I said, we're going to bring our tents and we're going to camp out right by this beautiful lake set up the tents then go over to see the the one my oldest daughter is setting up with her friend and somehow they snapped one of those graphite poles and i'm like those are indestructible so either one of them had superhuman strength to this day still don't know who did it but they snapped it and um, if you ever see a snapped tent pole, do not touch it because I still have that graphite somewhere in my hand. So I'm like, okay, we'll duct take this up and uh, make her work for the weekend and return this to Canadian Tire on Monday. A plan that many Canadians have also had. Let's rent this tent and get our full money back when we return it. March in with my tent sticking out of the bag, poles everywhere, the, the broken pole right on top so they can see that uh, there's been a problem. Go to the customer service. I'd like to return this broken tent. Is she no good? Very courteous employee says, no problem. Go, uh, go pick out another tent. I'm like, yeah, we don't want a tent anymore. <laughs> To which she responded, oh, you're getting a tent. You aren't getting your money back. 
I said, ah, this is a plan that has been tried time and time again in Canadian tires on us. So we went and got a bigger tent, paid more, and we had never set that tent up because uh, we don't do a lot of tenting. So it was a gloomy Saturday here in Orono, Ontario, Canada. Kids are restless. I want them off their phones. So I said, we're setting up the tent. So they're like, all right, this is going to be fun. When I knew that fun would not last long. Because we went from a little two-person tent to a, to a six-person tent. A two-person tent, I got that baby up in five minutes. Six-person tent, I now know you need an engineering degree. Because on the box, okay, there doesn't look to be a lot of poles. But when you get that baby out and layer out, there's a lot of distance between poles and a lot of material to get those poles through. Poles were going under poles. Poles were going inside poles. Poles that weren't supposed to go where that pole was going inside the pocket for another pole. Oh, God. Kids. Well, while I'm struggling with this tent, kids are walking around. Daddy, look at me. Boxes on their head. Playing with the poles. Like sword fights. I'm like, ah. Ah, the the ticking time bomb inside me was going off. At one point, the the tent was levitating. It was fully set up, but it was a foot off the ground on all sides, including the middle. I'm like, this, is this tent, this is uh, not supposed to happen. So the joy of the tent setup was gone, thanks to me. But that's part of being a dad. No dad takes joy in in trying to... How many kids are there? There was like five kids back there who were trying to help, but you know kids help him. Their help is him just standing there holding something and they need direction at all times. So I'm trying to direct and I'm doing the, oh, no, 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 I got this. Then I leave the one side, that side falls down. Oh, God. F-bombs flying. Finally, we got it set up. Then I quickly apologized for the F-bombs. I said, kids, sometimes I just need to let it out. I shouldn't say that. But hey, you never have to guess how I'm feeling. I don't bottle it up and then I'm a go off like a bomb later. So then we can laugh about it <laughs> immediately. As that tent, dad. Because at one point I'm like, this tent's going in the fire. This tent's going in the fire. And the only thing that stopped me was I'm like, if I put this tent in the fire, it will cause such toxic fumes. We all might die. <laughs> they show up. Ah, it's a death cult. Hmm. No, they just, daddy just didn't like the tent. That's what happened. I'm screaming from the grave. 
Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a six-person tent, but from a person who's only been in a two-person two tent, where I've never been in a tent where you couldn't make contact with everyone in that tent by swinging your arm. A six-person tent, I had to call the people on the phone to talk to them. It was that big. If you wanted to pick everyone up on a bus in that tent, you would have to make two stops. I'm like, this is the lap of luxury. But at the same time, it's still a tent. But there is something about that tent smell. All that plastic, all that rustling, all that dew permeating through it. The dampness of it all. Tent life, not for me. So we get the, we, we play around in the tent. It's a, it's a fun old time. We have picnics. We do painting and stuff in there. And then um, it came to the point where, okay, sun's starting to go down. We got to pack this bad boy up. So everyone was inside doing their own thing. I go out there. A six-person tent comes down way easier than putting a six-person tent up. I'll, I'll give you that. What's up, everybody? And thus came my favorite moment of the day. A day I'll, um, a moment I'll never forget for the rest of my life. So I get it all packed up. I bring it inside. I say, Ruby, you got to help me put this tent back in the bag. I said, this is, I'm asking a lot of you, but you and I, we can do this. So we, we set the bag at the end of the tent. We get the perfect width. Say, okay, this, this should fit here. We get all the poles in the bag. We get the, the cover piece for the top of the tent rolled up inside that. Every flap, every pole accounted for. We roll it up. We start the process of putting it into the bag. And I'm seeing what's about to happen. And I can't wrap my, I'm like a Leaf fan. I'm expecting doom. And before my eyes, I'm seeing this tent go back into the bag. And as Ruby starts to zip it and I'm holding it closed, she gets to the end. And I look at Ruby and I say, Ruby, we did it. She goes, yeah, so I'm, I'm hi- I high-fived her. I said, Ruby, we got this tent back into the bag. She's like, yeah. And then I, I peer into her eyes and I'm like, oh, you poor, innocent 12-year-old Ruby. You don't know how difficult this is. That we got a tent that came in a bag that could easily have been made slightly bigger to give you a bit more wiggle room to get that tent, but no. It is made with not a millimeter to spare. Yet we got it back into the bag. I FaceTime my mother to show her that we have gotten a tent back into a bag. I mentioned it to Ruby 10 times. 
during that day. And she's like, I don't, she says to my old daughter, Sydney, she goes, I don't know why he keeps going on about this, but he's mentioned it a lot. And that's when I realized, Dan, you need to get out more. But also, we got the 10 in the freaking bag. Come on! Let's go! At the end there, I would have dropped some serious F-bombs, but I have a news alert. I'm going to tone down my swearing because we've decided not to beep the swearing anymore. And I like the fact that I get emails from people. I get... I get direct messages saying, I love that I can listen to this to my family with my family. And I still want that. But just like any dad, the F-bombs are going to fly the odd time. But I got to clean it up. And my mom's going to be happy about that. So yeah, just a heads up. The F-bombs will fly. Have to get to a big thing that's happening in baseball. The Oakland A's. They announced they're moving to Vegas to begin play in 2027. So now, right now, you're like, well, okay, there's no stadium. So they announced that they've got land for a stadium in Vegas. So it's 2023. So their lease in Oakland runs out in 2024. So they're going to have no fans in Oakland for this year and next. And then they have to find a temporary home for three years before moving into Vegas in 2027. And my good friend, Sully, who has appeared on Boomsies before, he will be there, not for all the Vegas baseball games, but for some of them, because he calls Vegas home. This is Sully, Sully by the slots. O'Toole! What's up, buddy? Excited for Oakland A's, but Vegas A's baseball? Do they keep the A's name? Yeah, why wouldn't they? Would they be, yeah. would you think they'd be like the Expos that moved to change to the Senators? The Nationals? Sorry, the Nationals, they were the Senators. You're right. Would they go a fan-friendly team naming contest? Yeah, because the... And currently right now, Major League Baseball owns the Expos name, supposedly. So does Oakland keep ownership of the A's name or does it move with the team? These are questions that... There's going to be a lot of questions. First off, where is the stadium in relation to the Strip? Because they said it's going to be near the Strip. I have no idea. I haven't looked at a map of where they're building it. So do you know where the football stadium is? They just sold their naming rights. Allegiant is now going to be called, I don't know, something else. Uh, oh, it's called the Roomba. I think it's going to be called the Roomba because it looks like the Roomba. <laughs> no. Producer Tim, Google that. What is Vegas? And it looks, doesn't the stadium look like a yeah. Roomba? I'm almost positive that they're going to do that. Producer Tim, first so, assignment. So it'll be known as the vacuum. We're going to play in the vacuum. No, they're going to keep the Death Star. The Death Star is too great of a name to lose, no matter who sponsors it. But. Okay, so, but the football stadium is not by the strip. It's on the other side. So when you go to multiple events that happen in Vegas, sorry, a motorcycle just went by. Uh, multiple events in Vegas, it's awesome because you never have to worry about pocket. By the way, that motorcycle, fuck that guy. Shouldn't be that loud. Continue. Well, get ready because he might be going back home in a little while. (laughs) And yes, fuck that guy. Um, So when you go to any event in Vegas, obviously, you'd never have to worry about parking because all the casinos just valet it, right? So you go to a Raider game 
your valet either at Mandalay Bay or the Delano, and then you just walk over the bridge, over the highway, and you walk into the stadium. So if you're looking at Allegiant Stadium or whatever the new name is going to be where the Raiders play, that will be on your left. And if you look to the right, all that land on that side, the Oakland A's purchased. And that's the end of the strip where the Welcome to Vegas sign is, isn't it? Mm, a little bit. It's They bought 49 acres, Dan, so they took up a... I have been to Vegas, I don't know, 50, 60 times. I've never seen that Welcome to Vegas sign, the, the iconic sign I've never seen. Well, I'll take you the next time we go because it's past the Mandalay Bay if you go out of town. And there's always a line for idiots that need to take the photo so they can post it on social media. Always, no matter when you fly. I've been... Do you know Mandalay Bay has a hidden Four Seasons hotel inside of it? I do. You know why I know that? Why? Because that's where the hockey teams stay because there's no casino. That's where I stayed. And then one day sitting by the pool with my uh, lady friend and I'm like, what's going on over there at that other place? And I'm look, I squint and I'm like, there are people wearing no tops over there. Let's go investigate. So we spent the rest of the afternoon there. Solid. Was it a senior citizen convention? What was going on over there? It was a topless pool right uh, within walking distance from Mandalay. Tarps off. Let's go. Tarps off for the boys. Let's go. Okay. So if you're building the stadium in Vegas, it needs to be uh, protected. It needs a dome. Correct. Retractable roof. From all the uh, articles that I've read, it's definitely a retractable roof, but... Producer Tim, second assignment. I've read it's either 30,000 seat stadium or 35,000 seat stadium. I saw that as well. 30 to 35,000, which is very small if you think in terms of the size of the rest of the stadiums in baseball. Yeah, but if you look at baseball stadiums watching any highlights on any show, no one is sold out anymore. I mean, I think if you build it the size of like the Pittsburgh Pirates ballpark, or Fenway. Fenway is probably about 35, 37. You can't go Yankee Stadium 55,000. Those games only sell out in the playoffs and maybe when the Red Sox or someone come into town. 30, 35,000, I think, is maybe even too much. I think they go to 25,000 because the novelty is going to wear off, right? Baseball is, I mean, maybe it's changed because of the pitch clock, and we can discuss that too with all the adjustments they made. But I couldn't tell you last time I went to a game nor watched a game. But the the Oakland baseball can thank the Vegas Knights for proving the falsehood that pro sports can't work in Vegas. And they can thank the Raiders for showing them how to get out of Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Oakland. You know that Oakland Coliseum, if you, like, the sewer is backed up into it like six or seven times. There's a possum like living in the um, visiting uh, announcer's booth. Ah, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> It's like an episode of The Simpsons when uh, the possum is living in the train and uh, tries to attack Homer while he's driving the monorail. And then an NBA team, because you're building that big globe there off the strip, and that's going to house an NBA team, correct? No, not the MGM sphere, which... I thought that's that's an arena to hold an NBA team. No, the MGM sphere, they missed their opportunity to call it the Madison Sphere Garden. Side note. 
Okay, so let's talk to you. So I'm wrong on that intel. All right, Dan. So we got the Vegas Golden Knights. Great fan base. The Amazing. I've been to a game. What did you think? As a Canadian, going to an event in Vegas, everything that you think of hockey, what was your experience at the Knights game? So I've discussed this. I said nothing compares to a Montreal Canadiens game in Montreal. You can go to a a game in the middle of November on a Wednesday and it'll be electric. Agreed. In Vegas, they don't have that built-in history and the je ne sais quoi. So it is manufactured, but it's done in a non-hokey way where you're like, okay, we're here for entertainment. Hockey is entertainment and that's what Vegas does. They put on a show and from the player introductions to the end of it, you aren't sitting there in silence ever. And I couldn't believe that the fans are actually knowledgeable about the game in Vegas. That's what blew me away. I agree with everything you said, especially the last part, right? Growing up in Boston, I, I went to some Knights games during the playoffs when the Kings weren't in it before we moved to Vegas. And then getting season tickets and enjoying the whole in-game experience. Because the first time I went, I'm like, What's with this dude out there with the fucking shield banging and the little sword fight? Until I was like, oh, I need to leave all that behind and just embrace the new environment. Plus, you left out the fact that they have uh, showgirl dancers only on the visiting glass during warm-ups on every single aisle doing their little thing. <laughs> okay, so we got the um, we got the Raiders. Now can I, wait? I just want to talk one more thing about Knights fans. Yeah. And I hope this gets through to, to traditional hockey fans who are like, oh, you aren't a fan. So like sitting in the crowd, you hear people like uh, saying stuff and trying to start cheers and and commenting on plays and stuff. And they're getting some things wrong. And, I, and I'm thinking while this is happening, I'm like, some traditions will be like, they don't even know the game. Guess what? They're fucking trying. They're saying, I'm a fan. And they're letting their their shyness and their maybe not perfect knowledge of the game get in the way of them saying, okay, I'm here. I'm in it. I'm fully in. Don't mock those people. They want to be fans. Let them into your club. Shoot! That's, I just need to Shoot! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get a lot of that. It doesn't happen as much as Leafs games. It happened. used to happen all the time. Power play gets back to the point. Shoot. It doesn't happen. Okay. Would you also agree anymore. that learning hockey, if you didn't grow up watching it is probably one of the most difficult things to understand. Oh my God. Good luck. That's why I tell my kids. I'm like, just sit down and watch and it'll, uh, you'll figure it out on your own. You don't need someone sitting here explaining it. What's icing? Oh, buddy, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's on this side and no one gets it, but if that guy gets close, it might get called off. And then, oh God. And then if the defensive player gets beat out by the offensive player, yeah, forget it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. I interrupted your thought. No, Continue. it's, the Knights, which also we leave the fact out that the Knights have a great product. So it's not like they're, you know, some expansion team. Seattle turned it around pretty quickly, but it's not like an expansion team that just had nobody and they were horrible because the novelty six years in would have wore off. So the product is really good. The Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> then they go back. Yeah, exactly. Then they're gone. Um, the Knights, then the Raiders, which, like we mentioned, taught the Oakland A's how to get out of Oakland if the team or if the city's not going to pay for anything. You will now have professional baseball. And then 
it's only a matter of time before basketball comes in. And for me, growing up in a city in Boston and then moving to another major city, Los Angeles, that have all four sports teams in L.A., they even have more because of the Clippers and if you want to go down to the Angels. Now there's going to be three major sports teams in a couple of years, soon to be all four. And again, me moving from L.A. to Vegas, if it wasn't for the Golden Knights, I would have struggled with the move. I think you and I have talked about that offline. And now you know how to play craps as well. Same dice. Uh, before we let you go, Same Sully, before we let you go, I have to get your, uh, because you are a, you are a nomad of a sports fan traveling with allegiances. <laughs> so you've got your Kings in the playoffs. You've got your Knights in the playoffs and you've got uh, our boy Monty coaching the Bruins. Yes, sir. Uh, who, do, can you cheer for all three? And if you do, I say hats off. Why not? Bruins always right now with Monty, right? Bruins, number one, it's been nice to throw my fandom full on in. And uh, producer Tim, good luck. And plus, you're from Boston. Yes, 100%. Um, there's a struggle right now with the Knights in Edmonton. I mean, um, the Kings in Edmonton, excuse me, because I was all in for the Kings until they did a goalie swap. And then Soupy came in net. And then Allegiances had to go right to Edmonton. That was a tough one. So hopefully they put Skinner back in and then I can go back rooting for the Kings. <laughs> Skinner! Skinner! And then, um, yeah, I mean, the Knights. Look, Schmoopy and I did brackets. And truth be told, I have Boston-Vegas Stanley Cup final. Wow. And then this, can you imagine all those storylines? Cassidy comes back to face Monty. Monty breaks every single, single season record, points, wins. Most wins by a new coach. Mo Imagine that going head-to-head -head in the storylines. Your job will be so easy. You won't have to do anything, Dan. That's kind of my job as it is right I now. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> uh, we were doing the, quickly, we were doing the post-game show last night uh, for after the, the Leafs did the improbable and beat the Bolts to go up through one in the series. We're going through the player rundown and a, a player got mentioned on the post-game show. I didn't even know that player played in the game. Who was that? Do you for enough? Sam Lafferty. Who's that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Sully. What position does he play? Don't know still. Producer, I still don't think he played. Producer this. Tim, assignment number three. What position is that guy like? <laughs> He's a winger. He's a winger. He's a winger? And Sully watches a lot of hockey, so I'm glad I've got someone on Team Laffy Taffy. Hey, Dan. Guess who I'm going to dinner with tonight? You're going to dinner with Theo Vaughn. No, but we should call Theo to see if he wants to go. No, Marco. Marco, I know. I'm... Wait, Marco left a day early. Marco comes in tonight. We're going to dinner. Eight o'clock. We're doing a late. Marco said he was leaving Wednesday. He said, you want to go to L.A.? I said, ah, can I bring three kids? And then he hung up. <laughs> 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 he didn't. He would never no. hang up. Okay. Have fun. Is that it? Yeah. Thanks for this, Sully. Boomsies! Sully. What a great guy. Let's get to uh, our uh, listener feedback. We've got uh, voicemails and emails to get to. 289-796-2001. Best voicemail or email gets a CHL prize pack. And it should be noted, my Peterborough Peets are off to the next round of the OHL playoffs. They uh, 
They won their first round series. They just beat the Ottawa 67s. So the Peterborough Memorial Center was rocking. They're off to the third round. Congrats to them. Hockey is alive and well in Peterborough, Ontario. Z Money, who do we have up first on the voicemail hotline? 289-796-2001. Hey, bud. How are you now? Just out here queuing up some bergs. As far as I know, I'm the only two-time prize pack winner, so I thought I'd go for the three-peat. A little about myself. I have a stash the ladies just can't resist. I have a beautiful baby girl named Z-Money producer Tim O'Toole. I have a closet full of CHL gear. Also, ladies can't resist. I'm about six minutes sober. Going on seven. Come on, Z-Money. USPS motherfucker. And all this prize pack is mine. Cheers, bud. <laughs> I love that Canadian accent. So good. Queuing up some Bergs in his CHL prize pack gear. Thank you for the phone call. You won't be winning this week. Next. Hi, Dan. This is your friend Drew Stanton calling. Um, I was curious to know your thoughts about why IndyCar um, hasn't followed NASCAR's lead as far as having um, a race at uh, the Charlotte Roval, uh, seeing where NASCAR has had success adding that road course to their schedule. And uh, seeing where it is, the Queen City, um, I was just curious to know why you know, IndyCar wouldn't look at you know, adding you know, a road course race like that, the Charlotte Roval, uh, to their schedule. Uh, so what's your take? And as always, opinions, please. Bye for now. Drew Stanton, our professional phone caller. I have no answer to that question because uh, I don't have a clue why. I have not watched IndyCar ever. I used to watch it when it was cart. And uh, I'd go to the races in Vancouver. So much so, when I lived in Fort McMurray, I'd fly from Fort McMurray to Vancouver to go to the races. And then when I moved back to Vancouver, I remember one time went to my brother's house. He had a condo. I think it was called City View or City Place. And the track went around his condo. So my girlfriend at the time, we went to a party at my, uh, my brother's house just before they, they started set up because they were going to practice or something on the Saturday and we went out to our vehicle and then um, we're like, I don't, neither of us were in any shape to drive and we didn't want to go wake my brother up. So we slept in her forerunner. And then when we awoke, awoke, awoke to the, uh, the sunshine piping in through the windows in the morning and looked around, we realized they built the track around us. We are sleeping on the street and we are trapped by the IndyCar track. <laughs> Imagine waking up in a stupor and discovering that. Yeah, that was us. I, to this day, don't know how we got our vehicle out of there. Maybe we took part in a few laps of practice <laughs> in the forerunner. But we got out. So to answer your question, Drew, no effing clue. Next. Hey, Dan. Uh, Itty Bitty Kitty Steve here. I'm ironically walking my dog in a damn snowstorm in April in Manitoba. Sometimes I hate this place. 
Um, question for you. Um, scenario, you're in a public place, okay? No one has to know, but how much money does it take for you to shit yourself? In public place, you've got to poop your pants, okay? No one has to know um, what you do with your pants afterwards. you kind of got to keep it in there for a little bit. What you do with the pants afterwards, not my problem. How much money does it take for you to poop your pants? Thank you very much. Meow! Itty bitty kitty Steve. That's an easy question to answer. I don't know. 500 bucks? If you had said if you had to do it in a room full of people you did know, then the the reward needs to be larger. But you don't know anyone? No one knows it's happened? That's a Tuesday for producer Tim. This is your life? (laughs) The voice of Tim Heidecker. That's easy. 500 bucks. I'll do it tomorrow for you. Just uh, email transfer me that money. Let's get to our uh, our emails. Hey, Dan, Tim, and Z Money. Random fact, I'm getting married this summer, and the fiancé and I have planned a trip to Portland as part of our honeymoon. However, thanks to your cousin's experience there, you mentioned a few episodes back, I'm starting... Wait. <laughs> Sorry. He's not going to Portland. He's going to Poland. Okay. Portland, the Poland of North America. Okay. So his fiance and him, uh, they planned a trip to Poland as part of our honeymoon. However, thanks to your cousin's experience there, you mentioned a few episodes back, I'm starting to second guess it with the terrible experience he had there. I mean, it really sounded like a bummer. I mentioned this to her and suggested we go to a CHL game in each league instead. So we'll see what happens. Another random fact, I too had to do summer school for grade 10 math. It sucked, but I got through. Hope you're all well and keeping crushing these pods, Steve in Edmonton. As someone pointed out, my cousin Eric, who was in Poland to, to see his daughter play hockey, he did not plan his trip. It is not on the locals to show you how to uh, have a good time. You have to do your research. So Eric went poorly planned. I won't paint Poland as a poor tourist destination. Go in with a, at least a Google search. Hey, Dan, loved the Ernie Witt interview. He was my favorite Blue Jay back in the day. Ernie Witt joined us uh, recently on a Friday Friday. Here's my Ernie Witt story. Back in 1988, Max was selling souvenir plastic cups with Jays players on them. In an uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic move from my parents, we went to Max for a treat so I could get the Ernie Witt cup. On the walk home, a bee was buzzing around my dad. My dad's not a patient man and was losing it over this bee. He grabs my Ernie Witt cup, thinking he's going to swat the bee with it, ends up smashing the cup on the sidewalk. I was heartbroken, but knew better than to say anything or complain. Last Father's Day, I found the cup on a marketplace and bought it for my dad as a joke. Hopefully one day I can inherit this cup before he smashes it. (laughs) Have a good one. Megan, and she sent a picture of the Ernie Witt Cup. Uh, I also have uh, the souvenir cups. I have the Blue Jays 1985 outfield with George Bell, Lloyd Mosby, and uh, Jesse Barfield. I've got my Lloyd Mosby Cup here. I did not know these were from Max, though. Souvenir cups back in the day, indestructible, except these ones. These ones crack very easily. So throwing onto the sidewalk, Megan? Yeah, that's gone. Hey, Dan. 
Your story about siphoning the hot tub water, then the pressure washer had me laughing out loud. This took place in last week's Boomsies, where I detailed cleaning my cedar hot tub. It was a process. Oh, and I fixed the holes. I did some scuba diving, fixed the holes. It's not leaking anymore. I listened to it twice. Might even listen to a third time. Who knows? But probably. It was the segment that finally encouraged me to write in to say, love your podcast. I'm from Smith Falls originally. And this weekend, we're headed to see the LPGA major tournament in the Woodlands, Texas, to cheer on Brooke Henderson and her sister, Caddy Brittany. Just wanted to shout out some love for women's sports and our top Canadian golfer. Thanks, Dan, for the laughs and love week in, week out. Katie from Seaforth, Ontario. That's great. Brooke Henderson, we need to get her on the podcast from Smith Falls, going to go down as one of, if not the greatest Canadian golfer of all time. Her swing, I could watch on repeat literally for a day and not get tired of it. Thanks for that email. Uh, That was from Katie. Hey, Dan, I'm a regular listener and always loved your positivity and good vibes of this great family-friendly podcast. I've noticed as of late, there's been a lot of profanity taking place by both you and your listeners. I must ask, what the fuck is up with that? Like, holy hell. It has been so fucking bad recently that I would never be able to recommend your show to any kids. Those little shits shouldn't be exposed to so much fucking language. I wish you and your listeners would cut it out with all the damn swearing. Hope you're having a great fucking day. Jeremy. (laughs) And finally, uh, hey, Toolsy, a lot to unpack with this episode. CSI Tim Horton seems to be catching traction. I'm thinking it would be a Canadian TV gold like Beachcombers, Littles Hobo, Shits Creek. Your trophy case would be filled up with Gemini's or Golden Puck Awards. Is that what we give away for Canadian shows? Sex Dan need a power wash? Hot tub need a suck? Toolsy's your guy. He can suck and spray at the same time. Your pal, Big Dog Rob. Big Dog Rob, Itty Bitty Kitty Steve, Drew Stanton. We love our uh, regulars. We love Katie emailing in for the first time. Z Money, you got to pick a winner. Who we got to win our CHL prize pack? Uh, again, when we make contact with you, you tell us what team you like in the CHL and we hand curate a package of your favorite team stuff. We're going to go with Katie this week. And while I uh, have the mic here, I just want to remind all of our listeners, we have a new YouTube channel. Search Boomsies. Subscribe, please. Z-Money, quickly, since we can't get to Boomsies Newsies, what's your favorite story on Boomsies Newsies? Uh, My favorite one is ginger ale and how it's actually all a hoax. Oh, so when you drink ginger ale when you're sick, that's what we're always told, make it flat and it calms your stomach. How is this a hoax? That doesn't work? So no, uh, I was reading a report from a gastrointestinal oncologist who says ginger ale, it uses artificial flavors. So it's obviously not real ginger and there's it's carbonated water, sugar, and coloring, and it's it's not good for you. It's all the placebo effect. And then she went on about this uh, about a survey about how the the myth of ginger ale has been passed down through generations, 
And the survey claimed that 86% of mothers said they learned the ginger ale idea from their parents or grandparents. Nearly 9 in 10 mothers have uh, reportedly admitted to serving ginger ale to children or other sick family members to soothe their upset stomachs. Next thing you know, they're going to be saying smoking darts for a cold is bad. (laughs) Hogwash. Stick with the ginger ale. And Canada Dry's slogan is made with real ginger, which is a weird one because they're pulling the ginger out of the ground and then they're putting it in. I'm like, I, I don't know if that's a good sales tactic. But Canada Dry is the ginger ale. I had a Schweppes at uh, watching the hockey game at Bickles on Saturday night. I'm like, Bixie, Schweppy, no peppy. Canada Dry is where it's at. But thanks for the free ginger ale, Bix. Thanks for tuning in. Send us your emails. Yeah, let's talk at gmail.com. That's YA, let's talk at gmail.com. And in the meantime, have yourself a great week. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. Enjoy your friends. Enjoy your family. And be nice. It doesn't cost you anything. And give someone a hug. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies. Thanks for listening to Boomsies.